Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. All right, good morning. It's Wednesday, August 26th. On the show with us today is Travis North. He's a distinguished engineer from Dell Technologies that specializes in thermal technology, but I've talked to him about computers and the dude knows a lot, CPU, RAM, fans, all kinds of crazy stuff. So we're going to get into it with him. Uh, We sent out a question on the Twitters yesterday, two days ago. Um, We got three big questions back. So I'll throw those at him and then we'll get into what he wanted to come on the show and talk about, which was League of Legends. We may hover there for a little while and then we'll move on to more tech news. So welcome to the show, Travis. Thank you, Aaron. How are you doing? Good, man. Really good. And uh, before we get into the questions, Russ, Tyler, how are you guys doing? Doing well. Good morning. Doing real well. Yeah. Travis, nice to have you on. Thank you. Okay. So uh, I know both of y'all are big into uh, computer specs and all that kind of stuff. So get ready to enjoy this. Every time I hear (laughs) Travis talk about this stuff, my mind is just like, what? It's awesome. So. That's yeah, what my computer uh, does. Yeah, I know. I know a lot about a little. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate your passion. Okay, uh, the first question came from uh, Australia, Kieran wow. Sheldon. What are some big challenges in laptops compared to desktops? We'll start with this one. This one's probably a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a really good question. Um, so, I mean, the definition of a laptop is portal. So everything with portability is really what you're probably going to see a difference between, say, a desktop and a laptop. So chassis, form factor, weight, um, cooling solution, board layout, port location, that, those are all the things um, that are much more difficult in a mobile product, be it a tablet, be it a laptop, be it a two-in-one. Um, a lot of the same physics apply. Desktop, usually we have more space to play. To give you an example, that's one reason you really don't see liquid cooling in laptops. So the space is so compact that a heat pipe transport capability is on par with fluid transport. And because our fin area, our heat sink area, it can't be any bigger. There's no benefit to what we call our airside resistance. And so all those key factors really come into play. I think what makes Dell different is really how we approach that layout. And what you see, at least from our product lines, is, is a lot of new innovations. So battery size in our latitude product, we've really compressed cooling solution to help us maximize our battery. On Alienware, um, we have something which we call our dual intake quad exhaust. And it's, it's really um, quad intake quad exhaust, but we call it dual intake quad exhaust. Um, it really optimizes the airflow path through the system. But all of this really comes into play. And what you end up with is basically a balanced product. Desktops, you have a, I mean, it really comes down to space weight. Um, you have so much more room that you can just optimize either board routing or PCI placement um, fan placement, and you have that capability to have more upgradable systems. And the easiest way to do this, really look at the CPUs. On a desktop CPU, you have what we call a lidded CPU, where you have a piece of metal that's covering the silicon. Mobile, you don't. And the primary reason is form factor. What can we do to squeeze that Z to give that customer better weight, form factor, cost, and portability? You've said a few different things I want to dig into a little bit more. So when you say squeeze the Z, is that that's internal talk for the the, the height of the laptop? Yeah. So what right. what you've seen over the last five, I love it. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd never heard that before. Um, over the last five years, there's been I, I will say an arms race on computers to get smaller and smaller. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Right. And so we've got competitors in the market that keep pushing Z. Um, we've got suppliers in the market that push us to push say Z down. And so a lot of our, our focus really is on how do we give that most compact form factor? Now, lines of business change, right? And so we, we have seen a historical trend where Z was very important, but that's kind of slowing down. And what ends up happening is with like gaming, you see that we, what, what I call blow out the back end. It's, it's a, um, the fin stack is behind the hinge. You start to see us where you start seeing these new tweaks in form factor to really help us keep, say, the thinnest product or the narrowest X dimension, that's the width dimension, uh, versus Y. But it really comes down to physics. There's nothing free, and the same physics governs a desktop as it does a mobile product. Mm-hmm. We're, we're lucky there, right? Otherwise, yeah. the oceans would probably be frozen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can take this all the way to servers if you want. We can talk about that. 
you were mentioning liquid cooling, and it made it sound like there are some laptops that use liquid cooling. Well, well, actually, I have a question about that. I, yeah. I've read about like the copper gas chambers, um, yeah. which I assume are some kind of extremely small form factor evaporative cooling stuff. I, I'm not that familiar with it, but I've seen it creep up in the news. Can you speak to that technology? Yeah, we, we've already launched um, with, with copper vapor chamber. So heat transfer, um, if we take a step back, there's really four modes. Um, you've got conduction, convection, radiation, and phase change. Yep. And conduction, it's like when you stick your hand on a table, how it feels cooler. Really what happens is that table is the same temperature as everything around, but it's the energy transfer from your hand into that table through the method of electron transfer, right? It's direct hitting of those molecules that is causing that energy transfer. Okay. Raise your hand if you're listening and you just touched your table. <laughs> I'm already touching my table. Yeah, I'm trying to find the book with the equation in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we can fire these all off. Um, I'll, I'll speed it up, but like convection, that's just air blowing over your hand, right? So if you stick your hand out the window while you're driving down the road, it feels cooler. And what's happening is energy is being stripped from your skin into the airstream around it due to very fast air particles blowing over it. And that's why fin dimensions matter. Uh-huh. Radiation. Um, radiation is basically emissive heat transfer. It's kind of a, it's, it's much more hard to think about. But basically, you're radiating energy out. It's like sticking when you're laying down in the sun and getting a suntan or you guys go to the, um, if you did this, go to a tanning salon and sit in a tanning bed. Um, That's basically what's occurring to your body. The best, the absolute best is phase change. Um, You talked about the chambers, the vapor chambers. Uh, What happens is a heat pipe and a vapor chamber are identical in physics. The difference is a vapor chamber is basically two dimensions. It goes in X and Y. Think of this um, as a big pocket versus just a round tube. Um, The physics are identical. And usually what happens is phase change is an order of magnitude higher than convection. So if you can use phase change in any means or modes, that's the best. Um, Liquid cooling is usually really good when we're trying to take energy and transport it. So like desktops, you always hear about liquid cooling. But from liquid cooling, the biggest benefit is the radiator. So when you guys look at like a liquid cooler and desktops or a gaming system and you see this 120 by 120 millimeter radiator that has a bunch of fins in it, that's where all your heat transfer takes place. Makes sense. Yep. That's how your, your air conditioners work too. And, and that's, I mean, it's always interesting stuff. I always found it fun. Um, cause I, Travis, my, my background is physics. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, you're, you're talking right up my alley there. I, I remember doing all of the equations for that stuff and then getting into on the, on the radiation side, black bodies and all that. But, yep, yep. um, uh, one of one of the easiest thought experiments to think about why phase change is such a useful heat exchange sort of equation is to think about a pot of boiling water and think about the amount of time it takes to get a pot of water to boiling and then think about how much time it takes to boil the water to nothing. I'm so stealing that. That is a great analogy. It's really straightforward to think. So, okay, I'm annoyed that it takes three minutes to get my water to boiling. But how long would it take to take the same amount of water and convert it to water vapor? It's a whole heck of a lot longer. And that's what's happening in all those uh, heat exchange systems too, yep. which is which is cool. Yep. But yeah, I, I had not heard of that. The vapor chambers uh, and, and small, like I actually love to see specs about that. But yep. that's- so we, we our XPS, <laughs> um, our two-in-one, our XPS 13 two-in-one, that particular product has a vapor chamber with the entire motherboard. And so when you talked about squeezing Z, um, I'll just give you some complexities, right? We actually had to cut out holes for components to stick through the vapor chamber. So it, it immensely increased the complexity of our cooling I bet. due to Z. How often do the vapor chambers get um, damaged? Because I, I assume those are closed systems in these in these laptops too. So if if you drop it and it kinks and puts a hole in it, that's that's got to be pretty catastrophic absolutely. or they somehow yeah absolutely segmented. you but you, usually what happens if you're going to drop the aluminum chassis you're going to have to dent it by like an inch and a half somebody's, oh, goodness. somebody's like throwing it from the roof of a 10-story building well, there you go the so my wife could use that at least for six months yeah we're breaking it in half yeah, yeah. you're going to get your screen <laughs> busted and everything else first um, but usually the vapor chambers they're harder to seal, right? And so just to think about this, a heat pipe is a t- copper tube, um, very simple technology, and they just have to seal two ends. A vapor chamber, basically, they have to laser weld the entire perimeter. And so that's where you talk about cost. They're much more expensive. 
Um, makes sense. Thermally, the transport mechanism is the same. So if it's the same area as a heat pipe, there's no difference. So where we get all the benefit from a vapor chamber is that additional dimension. So when I take that energy and spread it out over a much larger area. Cool. Very cool. That's wild. So I would be interested in your take on, so whenever I look at PCs, in particular laptops, really desktops as well, I never like to go backwards in any one area. In fact, mm-hmm. it's unacceptable. And it drives me insane whenever any small thing changes. And so to give you an indication of what I'm talking about, for different classes of laptops, I have different areas over the years as I've as I've bought certain products myself, either for myself or my wife or whoever, mm-hmm. that I try to keep in line. And so some of those things are size as mm-hmm. far as thickness and, and weight as it relates to the power. So I have certain guidelines based on laptops that I've had before that I like to see continued. But what I've noticed lately is a trend where... Some of those things are regressing. They're going backwards. And and so what I mean by that is I have today, and it's probably four or five years old at this point, a 2.5 pound, half inch thick laptop, yeah. uh, an Ultrabook, right? And then other class laptops, similar to y'all's in the XPS line, used to be similar in that size. It's usually about 0.6 inches thick and 2.6 to 2.8 pounds, somewhere in that range. And over time, I've seen some of these these thinner laptops actually get thicker and, and move towards a 0.7 inch thick laptop. Uh, they're around 2.8 to 3 pounds, somewhere in that general range. I'd be curious as to why, from your perspective, why we see that happening in the same laptop class that was once a little thinner and a little lighter, even though the milliamp battery sizes are actually getting smaller as well. So for instance, I've seen some go from 60 milliamps to, to 52 while at the same time gaining weight and, and getting thicker, which I've always felt was very odd. Maybe you could enlighten why that seems to be happening from time to time. Yeah, usually, you know, that's a great question. Um, what, what's going on, and I'll just be completely transparent, you're seeing a bunch of additional features come into silicon. And so Thunderbolt Dock as an example. If you take a 15 watt part, Thunderbolt dock can be up to two watts. And so that by itself is, you know, a 15, 18% um, increase in power. What you're also seeing is turbo. So previous generations, as you mentioned, five years ago, really with Haswell, that was when we first had the first generation of turbo. Everybody else had boost. Um, you started seeing the trends gen over gen where silicon providers are starting to really enter the range of what I call um, sanctioned overclocking where their base clock was no longer the spec, right? Sure. Old school way, um, if you had a part, say P0 was 2 gigahertz, right? Nowadays, P0 is still 2 gigahertz, but the top bend turbo frequency can be 4.9. So old school gamers, right? This was all overclocking. And oh, so yeah. What, right? I'm and, one of them. Yep. So here's what and happens. I still, I still have to deal with it. And here's what happens when you do that, right? The TDP is no longer 15 watts. The TDP is now 60 watts. And so we've got 4x the power that we're trying to manage through turbo. And what happens is as a PC supplier, we have to make a choice um, because we can operate in those turbo ranges. And so do we choose to give you a box that is three gigahertz all the time? That's a little thicker. That's going to give you a 10% performance advantage over all the competition. Or do we choose to go the opposite direction? And I'm going to give you a, a 10 watt box that will only hold a P0 frequency of, say, 1.6 gig, but you'll have the full turbo range for most of your productivity. So with turbo, it's basically completely expanded and blown up the old paradigm of how we design and what we could design to. So that's the, that's the first. Um, the second is just battery technology. And I will t- I'll give you an example. Our Latitude um, 5410 has a 67-watt-hour battery. My competition in the range is a third less. And so from ours, yeah, we're going to be a little heavier in the battery, but we actually pulled out of size, form factor, and solutions out of the cooling solution to keep that form factor smaller than the competition. So the XY is smaller. um, The Z is pretty competitive except for one. And then the weight is on par. So that's an example of a trade-off. And so for that product, we think that battery life, so most of those Latitude customers, they're going from meeting to meeting. They call it meeting hopping. Um, 
well, they used to before work from home. <laughs> um, and so, you know, now we're always on AC and we're sitting in our offices all the time. Um, but pre, pre, pre COVID, uh, they, they called it meeting hopping where that all day battery life was really the target and, and it's true battery life. And so it's not just say mobile mark or a, a belief in all day battery life. It's actual usage, um, typical usage of, Hey, I'm in a meeting doing PowerPoint and emails. I'd really like to get eight hours in at least of battery life. Sure. Um, what else happens? Uh, usually ID and port location and say the hinge, the drop hinge itself versus side exhaust. That's another key driver in laptop technology of how it impacts the user. Um, but all of those come into play, but in general, I don't think, I think what you're seeing is the reaction to the features. It's not a cognizant decision of, Hey, it's, it's time to go thicker. It's, we're still trying to cram more stuff into the same box and that's the trade-offs that we have to make from a physics perspective. Sure. And, and I always sort of assumed that. And so because that started changing, I started changing my approach instead of old thing, new thing must be same or better to minimums. Mm-hmm. So it was like, if I'm going to get a 13-inch Ultrabook, I want it to be 0.6 inches or thinner and under three pounds. And so that was kind of like the approach that I took because that all of a sudden opened up to very wide range. And so the other side of that was I was going to maximize what that milliamp battery was. I mean, I'm one of those meeting hoppers, right? Uh, And so uh, that that was something that was very valuable to me. So always trying to get that and seeing people squeeze um, certain battery sizes. And I know that 99.9 is is the highest we can take on on an airplane. And so seeing people get those into... 15 inch laptops these days it's almost a new thing that i'm looking at it's like man when i get my next gaming laptop which granted has no real need for extreme battery life but if you are going to use it as your only laptop it would be nice to get some distance out of it for typical browsing and so i do like seeing the way people are maximizing battery life but it's interesting and you could probably tell us why it's not always resulting in better battery life than some of its competitors that might have not gone with a 99.9, but have like an 82 uh, milliamp battery in it and and different things like that. I've seen actually a lot this year as I've spent a lot of time looking for my, my next gaming laptop, which I no longer actually need because that laptop exists for one reason. And that is to go to other people's homes, uh, you know, (laughs) in land, which we aren't really doing a lot of right now. Yeah. I, I feel you. Um, my last land party was six months ago. Um, so again, I, I love this line of conversation and this really comes down to processor efficiency on battery. Um, and I, I think there was, we were going to talk a little bit probably about, uh, seven nanometer or even some of the new fab house capabilities. Uh, but this, this kind of plays into that. Yeah. So really for battery life, what you want to do is I want to give you a good experience at the most efficient operating point. I mean, that, that's the physics, right? If we go back to physics saying, hey, how do I design to that ideal state? It's what can I do from a, a you as a customer, you've got your hand on your mouse, you've got your hand on the keyboard and you're doing your thing, whatever that thing is. And how do I, how do I ensure that you're consuming energy at the most efficient point? In a gaming laptop, in overclocking, it is awful for battery life. So you are burning power. You've got basically... Um, You've got your dynamic power, which is a function of V squared. You've all your losses within the silicon. And that is really absolutely awful for battery life. And honestly, if your frame rate's going from 300 frames a second to 280 frames a second, can you tell that? Not unless you're really, 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 really good. And most people Mm. probably aren't gaming on battery. Um, And so if you are, you've lost power for a short period of time and hopefully your power comes back on. Um, and so that particular case, what happens is we have a bunch of hooks and this is Dell. I can talk to this. And those hooks give us the capability to change the processor frequency as a function of application now, as well as state. So if you pull the plug on a Dell system, what happens? We actually go in and say, yep, you're on DC. So direct current instead of AC from the wall. And we're going to go in and optimize the power limits to the CPU for what we think you're doing at that time. On latitude, specifically, we have something called um, Dell Optimizer that we're even going beyond that. We're profiling what you're doing. So we see, hey, you've only been plugged on AC once um, and you plug in at night and the rest of the time you're on battery. 
that will tell us that you're probably a corridor warrior. You're somebody that's using your system in a mobile configuration a lot. And we will actually look at optimizing that system at runtime. Similarly, let's say you're a desktop replacement. You put that AC in and you never unplug it. If you never unplug it, that tells us you're probably always or more than likely going to be heavily AC-centric. And that means we have power available from the wall. You probably don't care as much about the battery operating state as when you're on DC. Additionally, we've got new features that go beyond that. So we are to the point that we're changing the P code to the CPU um, through hardware control P states that it actually goes in and we say, hey, Mr. CPU, um, you're doing a bursty workload. Go ahead and run really, really fast so you can get that done and then get down to C10. It's because from a CPU architecture standpoint, that gives you that best energy sipping capability right. for a bursty workload. Sustain, What's C10? Uh, C10 is the lowest power state. It's basically the core is parked. And okay. so you've got a bit, bunch of fun- funky, um, you can look it up after that, and I don't have these memorized. Um, C0 to C10, you can think of C10 as the most power efficient, um, core is parked off. C0 is it's the most responsive. It is on and lit up. And so if it's on and active, it gives you that real snappy response time. And so that's the other key metric. But for us, right, we actually look at um, that bursty workload and change how the CPU reacts. And then we actually look at a sustained workload, which is very, very different. For a sustained workload, you actually want to bring your max frequency down and run for a longer period of time. And so those few key operating points is what gives us that capability to optimize our products at runtime. But it is a ton of work. So every single it one of these sounds like a ton of work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, every single one of these, you have to profile it, you have to write the code, um, and on ours, that's just one mode, and we have four modes. Um, I didn't realize that we did that. Yep. Do any of the competition? Um, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I know we're the forefront, because we just launched Olymp, oh, I shouldn't say that. We launched the 9510, which um, that particular product has, the, the brand name's called Intel Mobility Boost, but that's the feature. And so it is the first to launch, and it's the only that I'm aware of that is using that feature at this time on DC. And it actually goes one step further. It's changing what we call the EPP states, the energy performance preference states. So you guys know the little battery icon in the bottom screen of your laptop on mm-hmm. the window? Yep. So if you um, basically click on that or right-click on it, it'll pull up what they, we call the slider bar. That slider bar will say um, best battery or best performance or better performance. And if you slide it to the right, what happens, it changes what we call the energy performance preference state. The old school way to think about this was this was the P state table from the OS. What that does is it gives the CPU a workload hint. So no longer is the exact frequency controlled by the OS, like in the old school days before turbo. Now it's actually all controlled by the CPU through that EPP state. So we looked at optimizing that as well. So there's so many hooks. I think there's there's at least eight hooks um, that are direct inputs to how the system operates, and all of those are configurable. It's like having your car, right? Dude, you've got yeah, you've got gas mileage, but you got like air to fuel ratio. Yeah, instead there's so your, many car analogies here. <clears throat> instead of air to fuel ratio, right? Um, you've got nitrous, and you've got um, say pre cooling. You've got you know seven or eight of these hooks: PL1, PL2. Um, we've got EPP, we've got all kinds of, of fantastic things we can do to the system to really optimize it at runtime. Yeah. You were talking about intake and exhaust manifolds earlier. I mean, the, the, the similarities yep. are wild. Yep. yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's shoot to get to our second question here. This is, uh, <laughs> uh I'm, I'm learning a lot. I appreciate it. I'm, yep. I'm learning actually new ways to describe myself. So when people ask how tall I am, I'm, I'll explain that I'm, you know, my, my Z axis, et cetera. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a nerd joke for you. That's awesome. Uh, what's the other one? Oh, C zero. Yeah. Uh, That's my right. wife's asking how I'm doing. I'll give her like a C zero. to Always C on state. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Running hot. We're going there. Running hot. I'm C zero, babe. We're be going careful there. with that one, Billy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean be careful. Don't worry about it. Don't think too hard. Okay. No. What's our uh, next question? <laughs> next question. <laughs> All right. So another listener question here. Uh, they wanted your perspective on Apple moving to ARM. We've talked about that on the show a little bit recently. But uh, they actually wanted to hear from a smart person talking about that. I don't know if I'm any smarter than anyone else. Um, You know, everybody has to make a choice. And I I think um, TSMC's fab house is very strong. 
But I, I think what people don't realize is that every piece of silicon can be optimized. Um, and I'll give you two examples. There's a floating point portion of the CPU that's really focused on, um, say, engineering tasks. So if you look at floating point, it, it's really um, video rendering, um, doing large data sets, as example. Integer is another part of the core. Right, so the core architecture is very different. And then the transistor technology that you're talking about, um, ARM moving uh, moving to ARM from, say, Intel, it's just, it's it's a means to an end. And now, my opinion, um, historically, we've seen that um, they're more focused on light duty workloads. And I think there's probably many factors here. But I, I think you'll continue to see providers really focus on what they believe their customers want. On our side, we really, we try to give them a ut utilitarian product, right? And so we will streamline it for video editing while you're browsing the net, while you've got Chrome up and you guys are doing, say, Teams or Slack, right, for productivity. Um, I, I think there was a question earlier saying, hey, these products are all different. They're, they're regressing. Others may choose a different route. Um, and so they may just want to really focus on say internet browsing. And so what ends up happening is you, you have to make a choice of what you want to go do. And historically it really comes down to instructions per clock as well as frequency and how well that silicon is designed. Okay. Tell me if this puts you in a spot, but, uh, has Dell ever thought about, or are they thinking about manufacturing their own processors? I, uh, that's, that's not me. Um, I can't answer that one. I, I can tell you, I understand a lot of it. And, um, you know, from my perspective on this, if I just take a 10,000 foot view, you know, Dell is a company, we are razor focused on our customers. And really the, the hardest part about Dell is defining what those customers want, right? That's really the, the key here. It's not the technical prowess to go make silicon. We could, um, but if I look at say a gamer, does that gamer really care about Z thickness when he's got an external keyboard and mouse? All right. So if he's Greg Ross answer. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> I, will, I will tell you, I will tell you in my particular use case, um, I, I will never buy a non thin and powerful uh, gaming laptop really? in particular because yeah, I just, I will not do it because a, a laptop unless desktops go away, will never be my primary gaming device. And so it will always be secondary. It will always be mobile. And what I mean by mobile is not necessarily that it will be used on battery. Uh, what I mean by mobile is, is that it's going to be carried in a bag alongside another laptop, either for work or personal or whatever else, as I'm going to the my friend's land that we host every year for the international, or if I'm jumping on a plane to go to a buddy's in Minnesota for a LAN or whatever. So the thickness and the lightness of it is very important for the traveling aspect of it, not necessarily for its actual portability as far as usage, but for literally just moving it around places or having the ability to carry two laptops in one place. I'll even give you an example of one area where I needed to do this. Uh, I was in a Counter-Strike League four or five years ago, uh, and we we had qualified for a higher-end league, and we were kind of playing, and I think it was a playoff match. And I actually had a work trip to Vegas for EMC World. In mm -hmm. fact, um, I believe Aaron and, and Tyler were both with me at this. Was that the one and, where Tyler tried to get in a fight with that guy in front of the fountains in, in, at the Bellagio? That yes, was it was. Not, that, that was, was the, the one. fight. That was he was true. talking to himself, and I thought the conversation <laughs> he was having with himself was interesting, so I no. injected myself. How, you don't, how, how you don't get to tell this, this story. Sounds fantastic. <laughs> and, well, back to my story, the more important part. <laughs> the, I, I had to play a match, and I needed in week. We couldn't find a sub. So because we couldn't find a sub, I ended up playing in the hotel room on my gaming oh, laptop no. in order to, to play. Yeah. And I had in, by the way, the hotel internet is awful. So I had to tether my phone. So I played a competitive match no. tethering 4G in Vegas. Oh, <laughs> yes. no. So that, that's why for me, oh, I, I, awesome. and to give you the profile I look for, I, I try to look for under four and a half pounds, although... Once again, those have been regressing. So it seems like 4.6 to 4.8 seems to be the range right now. Um, I had a laptop in 2014 that was 4.4 pounds and 0.7 inches thick. And so I sort of look for that range or lighter 
in general in the various devices I'm looking for. But the weight, I have a range I'm comfortable with. The thickness tends to be these days between 0.7 and 0.8 inches thick. But if I start seeing a 0.9 or a one inch thick laptop, I am I I turn the other way. I won't I won't get it. There's no scenario where I'm buying that. So what if I told you that instead I could give you something that's say three quarters of an inch, but you get it a full 2080 with a full whatever rehertz um, frequency panel with a gaming keyboard all in one package? So I have considered, so that, that's a, it's a great question. That was a Morpheus moment, by the way. What <laughs> if I told you? Well, because I actually went through this because I almost bought a laptop late last year and yep. there was another provider, not Dell, uh, that was providing a thin and light laptop, but they, they had one that was a little thicker yep. and it had a, a mechanical keyboard in it, which I obviously yep. use as, as, as a gamer. I and I and I was kind of questioning. I was like, "Man, I very rarely will use this keyboard, but in the instances that I would, a mechanical keyboard sure would be really nice." So, are you dragging so, the keyboard around with you as well? Oftentimes, I am. Yeah. Okay. So it's and, and and I have a separate keyboard that is also um, travel, I guess, friendly. It's yep. it's much much smaller, and so it's, the whole the whole package is is meant to be as every component needs to be a little bit smaller. Sort of thing, but I, I will say that what you just described would be relatively compelling. Although I want it to be a thirty eighty, by the way. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, I can tell you that, um, like our Alienware fifty one mobile, it, it is one of my favorite PCs, and it is a luggable. Um, the full monitor, full screen, full panel. Um, the keyboard, I don't think it's full mechanical, but it is has great travel. And I will actually game on it. And there's a lot of times I even move from my desktop to it just because of ease of use. I flip the screen up. Everything's there. Um, the, the awesome thing about that is it has a full desktop CPU in it. Um, and so th- there's a lot of things that are very unique. Which about I learned product. today means it has a lid. Yep. Lid oh, and, and I'm learning. Lid, I'm learning. <laughs> lid, lid and higher frequency, right? So usually desktop, if you go to those parts, they are higher power. Yeah. So you're talking 60 watts, they can burst 200 watts and beyond. Yeah. Um, so putting that in a mobile product usually is not a good thing. But that Alienware 51M is, is unique in that it has the capability and cooling solution to support like 150 watts of, of power on that CPU before it will turbo throttle. And so th- that, that's one example. Now, I, I completely agree with you. So if you look at our Alienware products um, that have just launched, they are really, really thin and you, but the weight is, is another one. So that's, that's kind of where you start making trade-offs. We yeah. can go much thinner, but usually what ends up happening, we have to go heavier. So we're using say an aluminum or mag D cover because the best thing for weight is honestly plastic. So if you, if I, if I have a high quality plastic, I cannot beat that density difference between that and say aluminum or mag, but for Z thickness, I can go much thinner on the, the, the D cover, which we call the base with aluminum or mag and honestly mag is the best trade-off so we have to make all these decisions right so thermally i love plastic but from a ux perspective i think there's a perception that plastic is is cheaper which it is in price but from a mechanical physics it doesn't conduct as much energy into your skin so if it's sitting on your lap it's cooler to the touch it drives all the energy into the cooling solution which exhausts it out the airstream Um, the only impact honestly is that form factor as far as z and so that's where we have to start making trade-offs. That's I, I've got a question, a technology that uh, I honestly I haven't looked at recently. It's something I you know kind of circle back to, and just uh, I love to get get back into it. But um, when uh, I guess nanomaterials were kind of first getting excited, well, which was, I'm probably around in the '90s or early 2000s yep. in my experience. But I, um, I did that in grad school. Yeah, there you go. So that that was stuff that I was super interested in. I was actually, those materials were part of the reason that I got into mechanical engineering in the first place. But um, what one of the things that was sort of on the horizon and apparently indefinitely on the horizon was being able to use things like composites and some of uh, some of the promise of nanomaterial um, processes to create shells that were also capable of being batteries. Um, and I, I know, like, from my experience in the aerospace, that we, we got into a lot of very interesting sort of multi-use, I guess, breakpoints for mm-hmm. the composites to go on the outside of aircraft, right? Uh, the, they 
put the lightning strike material into it. Uh, as an example, on in early days of the F-35 development, actually, I think they pulled back away from that. But um, do you know, is is that changing? Is there is that still, you know, forever, five years, 10 years out? Or, or, or have they completely backed away from it? Because you talk about being able to shrink Z, I mean, in the battery being a very large and ultimately hot part of the system, uh, you know, in discharge, if if the technology was also capable of being sort of an elegant shell, then I would imagine Z-height could also be minimized. Great question. Um, so from a nanotechnology, really the, the biggest transition has been graphene materials. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we use those extensively. So if you look at a lot of our XPS and premium lines, we've got materials that... Um, Usually it's a, they call it a graphene sheet, but it's like 20% loaded graphene. The rest is graphite. And that's um, a, a very cool process. We've looked at um, everything from doping liquid cooling and desktops with gold nanoparticles, as an example, because, yeah. right, it's, it's very conductive at the very thin right, right. region. Um, I, I think it, it's really hard and it's hard to do it at scale, right? We can do onesie twosies of a lot of yeah. things, okay. but just coming down to say, hey, I need to sell you know, our, our low volumes, you're talking 50,000 units a year. Our high volumes are in the millions. And so taking that to scale, um, I won't say that it won't ever happen. Um, I can tell you that I haven't seen it as far as technology in the near term um, to change the decover to, say, a battery. It's a cool idea. Um, yeah. It's not my functional area, and I know who is the right guy, and I'll ask him. Um, but I can tell you I am always looking at what we call double dipping, what can I do from a space perspective and make two things into one? Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I had some IP on trying to use a speaker element as an air mover, right? <laughs> so awesome. you've got a diaphragm, right? Which it was creating noise out the system. Well, the back end of that diaphragm also creates airflow. And so if you look at it, can you double that up? Um, it, did, it didn't turn out well because <laughs> the airflow was really low. Not a, not a terribly efficient air. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's awful. <laughs> and then, it's, it, then what do I do when you're trying to listen to music or something and I, I need more cooling? Um, but, you know, absolutely. I think your idea of the physics and the direction that you're headed is always on our mind. And how can we basically give us a two for one um, or double dip on basically the component in the space? Because really mobile, again, it's mobile. That's the focus. What can I do to really compact that down? So I'll give you an example. They call them maglev keyboards. So we talked about mechanical keyboards for gamers, right? Then you had um, basically the rubber dome. Um, So literally it's a rubber um, sheet that you push on that basically flexes to to make the keystroke. Mm -hmm. Um, We've moved on to what they call maglev, where it's magnets, magnetized, that that keycap is floating based upon the magnets. And so you're trying to give that feel of compression um, in a much smaller Z stack continually. Um, Now, I I think as a gamer, you you quickly find out what you like and what you don't like. And that keyboard is your direct interface to the game. And so there's, there's varying opinions on it, but that's usually where we're trying to compress, make things where they can be a two for one. No, that's really cool. And, and I feel like that's, it's always been true, especially in the the nano space, or at least in my experience, that unfortunately the biggest problem with it is is scale, and not even necessarily talking about producing millions of units versus fifty thousand. But right. on on a tiny wafer, we can get all the physics to do what we need it to do, right. and then when you scale it even to something the size of your lap, certain things start to fall apart or they become you know dangerous. Never mind that the materials in some cases are. Uh, rare, therefore expensive. And yeah. I would imagine scaling to the millions of units and things like that. It, it's not worth the the trade off. But no, that was really cool. Thanks for the thanks for yeah. the rundown. And, and I mean, unfortunately, I have to leave. Um, I've got I've got a hard stop here about a minute ago, but the show will go on. And uh, Travis, it was a pleasure talking to you about this stuff. I, I have a feeling I could geek out with you for hours. Yeah, so, good to talk to you as well. Yep, thanks. All right, see you, Tyler. Before we move on from anything related to PCs, and maybe we still have other questions, I don't know, but I want to make more of a request. Okay. Uh, and that is, uh, at least on gaming laptops, whenever you can do it, power and Cat 6 in the back. Uh, I recognize uh, that this is a problem. And if you can't do it, I need the power adapter at the very least <laughs> to be a 90-degree hinge. Oh, uh, Yes. 
This is important. I and know. You know why? Yeah, I know. <laughs> so you, what, you told me you want wait and Z too. You, you get, I you want to give me everything, Travis. There's, I'm not compromising. Uh, I told you this. Uh, yeah, I want all of these things. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, it's like my wife going to the furniture store. Uh, Look, it's, it's math. Just make the math work. Make the math all right? work. All right. Call Tyler. He's great at it too. You both can just. Uh, do math all day and then these things can all come together i have faith it would be tyler we, we got to fix the laptop for personal <laughs> taste for one individual to make sure <laughs> that is i am i'm confident sure his mouse I'm speaking for the his mouse does not hit the ethernet cable <laughs> and the power cord because it that's gets right. the dang way that's right <laughs> and i'm gonna throw my mouse through a window when, it, when i hit it and you screw me up um exactly and then you have to pay for my window yep so yep. It's really, you're protecting yourself through this whole process. <laughs> it's really kind of what it comes down to. Oh, uh, I hear you. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if I made you choose Z or the Ethernet cable and the power in the back, what would you choose? It would have to, I'd have to know what that delta is of the Z. So l- l- let's say three millimeters. I can get you three millimeters thinner. So what is that? Um, a little bit over a tenth of an inch. Or I can give you the Ethernet cable and the power cable out the back. If that means I go from 0.7 inches to 0.8, yep. then I'm comfortable with it. If it means I go from 0.8 to 0.9, now we're having a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Stay consistent, man. 0.1, 0.1. Uh, if it's no. 0.1 in this case, hell no. If it's 0.1 in this case, okay. I'm consistent, remember? Because I, I have these minimums. And yeah, I and okay. said before, if it's 0.9, that I'm not buying it. So it's 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 tough, man. That's a real, And I will tell you this. I know of laptops on the market today that are under four pounds. They yep. have power and Cat6 in the back and yep. are under 0.8 inches. And and I can tell you I the next trade-off is going to be that 2080 for like a 2070. And then well, they, they, they do have. I think in this particular case, it might have. They might have a twenty seventy, um, but it's it's not a max Q version, right? And so the, these are the games we play, um, yeah. and this is hard for marketing. And I love that I'm in engineering, right? Because I, <laughs> I, I get to sit back and do to them what you're just doing to me. I get to come into the meeting and say, "Hey, I want the Ethernet cable out the back. I want my power cable to have a ninety degree <laughs> angle, and I want it to be thin and light, and I want my mechanical keyboard, and I want to be able to carry it with my other laptop." So you're doing to me what I usually do to them in meetings. I also want 15 uh, hours of battery. Life. Yeah, and I want it for under, <laughs> I, I, and I want it under a thousand dollars. That's the next. Yeah, one. like 850 bucks sounds yeah, good. Yeah, for yeah, this. yeah. Um, absolutely, hear you. Um, and we do a ton of market research, um, and it's different per region, right? So if you um, just to talk to the challenges, right? If you talk U.S. versus China, mm-hmm. um, China does not care about Z height. I, I can tell you already right now, it is performance per dollar is the golden metric and they would take it, um, you know, an inch and a half thick. If we could save, say 5% in cost. Let's, uh, let's steal Tyler's joke here in the chat. Uh, let it share Z height with a brick. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And so we do have product lines, right? And so we talked a little bit about, um, Alienware, but we also have what we call our Inspiron G is what it used to be called, but now it's called Dell gaming. Um, that product line is going to be a, equivalent to a 2060 or less. Um, it's more value positioned um, for a different market. And then Alienware, the mainstream products, there's a 1517 that's really thin. Um, they're a little heavier, right? So I don't think most of them think about your use case where you're saying, hey, I'm going to double up on my laptops in my backpack. Um, right. That That's a rare case, but I do do it too. But I think you and I are probably similar professions, right? Um, yep. Very, very senior engineer slash professional, um, that still games. Um, we're not the primary market, but I think we are a market. And so that, that's good feedback. Um, and then the answer to that, honestly, is that Alienware 51 M is, can you double dip? But for me, I have to have a corporate laptop and I have to have a gaming laptop and I want those separate. And so it's interesting, man. Um, maybe we should talk to our, uh, the, maybe from a VMware, there's something Tyler could do to help us out yeah, <laughs> virtually log into our network and then have just one system that does it all. There you go. 
we are uh, we're running out of time here, yep. and uh, I want to take you off the hot seat because you've just been getting grilled, um, <laughs> and Russ's demands have just been you know laying waste <laughs> to your plans here. But I wanted to give you an opportunity. There was another question I wanted to get to a listener question. You can answer real quick if you want, okay. you know, yes or no or whatever, and then we can get into League of Legends because I know you wanted to talk about that. Wanted and I've only that. got eight minutes because I got to do our patent committee right after this. Just a heads up. Exactly. Uh, I'd love for you to come back on and talk to us about what it's like to go through the patent process. Uh, and and that, I mean, that sounds interesting oh, to me yeah. anyway. Yep. Uh, okay. So the question, listener question, uh, how long until we see a seven nanometer AMD Ryzen with XL flash SCM storage option in the XPS line? <laughs> that is a loaded question on so many fronts. Is it? Okay. <laughs> um, um, I'd love to know who asked that. Um, Another Dell yeah, employee. so it's a it's a Dell employee. His name is Jamie Hines. Uh, he is he is also a uh, a, a engineer executive kind of you know uh-huh. same same sort of run that you guys are talking about. Yeah, um, great question. So the the challenge you get into is where where do you lay your bets, right? So if we're talking long term planning. You got X amount of dollars. Where do you put those dollar bills on, right? So if we're back to our Vegas analogy, um, we're all sitting at the the craps table and, and what do you pick? Um, historically, again, really th- this, you're getting more choice. And so CPU providers, tr- uh, fab houses. I mean, if you go back to AMD selling global foundries um, and moving to the flexibility where they're basically um, contracting with TSMC versus Intel having their own foundries, uh, it, it really comes down to that fab process is one. And then it's the architecture design. I, it's not clear to me at my level what what is the right balance because typically from a, a productivity standpoint, that is an integer calculation. That is very different than, say, a cell phone. So if you take TSMC at, at say, 7 nanometer or 5 nanometer, there was actually just um, a recent article about their 5 nanometer process. Um, yep. They're very efficient on power, but how, how does that work when I've got teams up with Zoom, as well as, say, an Excel sheet running a macro. That is such a different discussion point than how everybody simplifies it. Because what you see in the headlines is everybody says, oh, it's five nanometer. Oh, it's seven nanometer. Oh, you know, if I go run Passmark with AMD, it's awesome, right? Well, it's like, yeah, it's more cores, but if I'm not needing that or I won't ever use it, it's like me buying a diesel pickup truck to take the kids to school in the morning which I do is the funny part. I was going to um, say that too, the same thing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's over. It's not. Sometimes you just want it. Yeah. Sometimes you just want it and that's fine. Right. Um, but it's not the right tool for the job, that tool. Right. So if you talk about floating point, that's more of those engineering calculations. So yes, if, if you're looking at engineering, um, additional course help, if you're doing FEA, CFD, if you're doing productivity, it's actually the other part of the core, which is the integer side. Um, and so I, I can't answer that question because XPS is kind of a premium market. Um, but I can tell you that we're pretty happy with the productivity that we're seeing um, out of our product. And that's really the marketing call. So I can't answer the question, but I can answer the technology. And it's sure. very, very complex. And you have to put the right technology in the right location. And where okay. you got to be careful, here's what reviewers usually do, right? Reviewers go in and run a benchmark and they say, hey, I see X. What they don't understand is, okay, that's great. But if I'm a, a gamer and I'm buying a Latitude, that probably doesn't make sense. Right. Don't be running 3D Mark on a Latitude. <laughs> and, and that's what they do, right? So we'll see Fire yeah. Strike and, oh, your Fire Strike score is X percent worth. It's like, okay. Um, I honestly don't even look at benchmark scores anymore. I'm looking for specifics of the laptop. And then there's a few things I look for from them, um, you know, depending on what I'm looking for, battery runtime or whatever else. If, yep. it's, a, if it's my little, you know, soon to be Linux box, which is going to handle power differently than theirs. So I'm really more interested in how many watts are the components pulling? What's the board power? What's, you know, and then how does that relate to the battery size? Because Linux isn't going to manage battery the same way windows does in yeah. fact, borderline just doesn't manage power yeah that's so, gonna be hard i, I can yeah. tell you that um but yeah i get I, pretty I good agree. good life out of some of my laptops as long as i choose the the hardware appropriately yep, yep. let me uh let me call a timeout on this and give you three minutes before we have to <laughs> shut this down to talk about league of legends well I, I i promise you you'd get some time but if you want to come back and talk about that 
come back yeah. and talk about patents, all that kind of stuff, man. Uh, there's more I think we'd like to get out of that. Sure. Uh, you know, I, unfortunately, I haven't got to play league in two months. Um, but I, I, at least from my perspective, um, I enjoy online gaming. It's fascinating to see how gaming has changed. Um, you know, just to share, I'm 40. And so going from the first Nintendo playing Super Mario Brothers and Excite Bike up to, you know, PlayStation through PC gaming. And now we're, we're to this world where I can hop online anytime and be facing off somebody else across the world. It's fascinating. And so yeah. for me, it's, it's so much fun. Um, and honestly for me, uh, and I'm sure others probably contest to this, it keeps you in the loop. So from a technologist perspective, um, these type of conversations and just engaging in gaming, you understand what customers are doing. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you yeah, it's, it's it, relevant it, to your job to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's very relevant. And I'll, I'll give you an example, right? Um, I had a major customer escalation about um, thermals recently. And sure enough, um, he was a gamer. And I pulled up and saw him on the image. I saw his gaming chair in the background. And um, what was hilarious about this is we're both looking at each other and knowing that we're doing the same thing. And what I found out his root cause issue was, like similar to me, he has massive hands. And he was hanging his hand off the side of the system in the exhaust side vent. And I showed him a picture of me doing it and immediately he started laughing. <laughs> so nice. j- just the gaming, the experience, the relationships and relating, it helps, it helps me in my day job because you understand what they're going through and the experience that they're having. Uh, but absolutely agreed. And I've got to drop guys. I've got one minute okay. before I got to hop yep. on another call. Thanks Travis. Great talking man. to you Travis. Appreciate it. Yep. Great. Appreciate it guys. See you, dude. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, that wraps it up. Russ, give me your give me your thoughts on all that. I, I I have so many. It's great hearing that getting his perspective, uh, especially on some things that I have so many deep thoughts on. Uh, I really just wanted to sit back and listen. I am I am extremely familiar with the vast majority of the things he talked about from a from a desktop laptop perspective. The C states all of that. I have dealt with it for years as I do manage on my desktop. Um, all of those states manually. And I have yep. for a very long time. Awesome. The, the EPP thing or, or whatever, that, that was actually new for me. So I, I learned something there. I, I had never heard of that. I'd never thought about it when I do manage the sliding bar. I mean, I I guess I did have a perspective on what I thought it managed, but I didn't know about that state. So that was interesting to hear. It's incredibly interesting, I think, from the laptop perspective, because there really is just a finite amount of space and power and, and cooling that you can deal with, that you have to you have to work with. And so it was, it was fun to hear. I knew it was going to trigger him when I asked about the stuff on the back. It is a, in the gaming community is a longstanding thing. Like you don't want to vent on the right. You don't want your ports on the right. You want them on the left. You, you, you want as many connections in the back as possible, but yeah, uh, the space is the problem, right? So it, it's just, it's funny. Um, he, he had the perfect reaction to that. I did want to ask him about league in particular, the fact that maybe okay. I'll, I'll point something out to you real quick and we can ask him about it later, but league is apparently having their world championships in person. Okay. Um, in China. So in China, they're going to actually have a full stadium of people. Um, they're going to do a bubble. Which, they're going to quarantine people and all that kind of stuff. They're not going to really do a full bubble, but they normally do the, this event like across a region. So if it's in North yeah. America, they'll do – it's a month long. So they'll do some stuff in one city and some stuff in another yeah. city. Um, well, let's get they're not back doing on, that. But, uh, but I think it's interesting to see that they are actually going to do the world championships in person on land, which no other eSport is choosing to do. So there you go. Could be some interesting stuff there. For the All next right. Time we got to shut it down. Thank y'all for joining, and uh, we'll catch y'all on Friday. I think we're doing a Financial Friday with John Nicholson this week. Is that right? I think so. I think he's coming on. If he has power. If he has power, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Hurricanes like crazy. All right. See you. All right. Later.